If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Live on Four Legs Podcast and on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a few of you are here on, uh, here on Sunday. There might be a few of you that never left. I don't know. But, uh, but on Sunday we... Uh, You know what? Fuck you. Give me a fucking break. Wait a minute. I am fucking. It's great to be here in Rhode Island. I'm trying to keep my shit together. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring. Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and whether you're listening in for the first time the second time and hopefully not the last time we are pearl jam podcast that focuses directly on their live performances throughout their history so we'll go to a random year you know take a good year like 1995 the vitalogy tour you know they were doing some non-ticket master venues soldier field some really important shows we've done a lot of those that are in our archives we'll take a show like that we'll listen to all the songs and we'll break them down and we'll kind of just share our favorite memories and our favorite moments what makes pearl jam the best band on the planet, in our opinion. So, Randy Sobel here, John Ferraro over there. Another Hello. episode, another week with quarantining and social distancing. You keeping your sanity there? Yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, we got we got we got our little routine, so uh, we're doing well. But yeah, I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Wear your masks. Stay inside if you can. Uh, stay safe. So uh, we'll, we'll get through this. And just remember the day this is all over, we'll, it'll be emotional and exciting, yeah, and hopefully there'll be a it'll concert. Be, it'll be worth it to get to these shows when, when the time comes. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I know that there might be some fatigue from people that are just, they're sick and tired of it, and they're sick and tired of staying in the house. Just, just you know, buckle up. Just get through it. We're all trying to get through it together, and we all feel the same way, and, you know, we just got to make sure that we're not picketing on, you know, on the roads. So what you're saying like is it's you're saying it's going to be all right if we just take the long way. We can make it to seven o'clock. And I lost it. 
we'll take the we'll cross the river. I don't know. Cross cross the river. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this thing comes. This thing comes. Then goes. Whoever said? I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> Who? Whoever I was said? In, was I was trying to work in a super blood wolf moon, but it wasn't happening. Yeah. No. 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 I think I think we took it as far as as we could there. But <laughs> um, anyway, uh, today we are going to go back to the year two thousand and eight and do Mansfield Night. Two. This was a Patreon request from Jason Corbin, who's been our patron for a couple months, and he's been listening since uh, very close to day one, I believe. Uh, you yes. know, so yeah, Thanks, so Jason. a big thank you to him, and we're going to tell his story, and we're going to get to it very shortly. But before we get into all of that, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we have going on right now and of course every episode we start off with talking a little bit about patreon and some of the things that we have going on over there this week we released a set list draft episode and every month if you haven't tuned in or aren't following us on social media for whatever reason if you're not how dare you just kidding but if you didn't know what we were doing. We were, uh, we've been doing every month a set list draft where f- we take four people and we go through and, and it's basically like a fantasy draft, except you're picking the set list from top to bottom. So, you know, the first pick wouldn't be your favorite song. The first pick is the first thing that you want to hear. It's your opener. And then you go second song, third song. And then if a song is off the board, that's it. It's cut. It's done. You know, and then adding gigaton rules and all that. So what we're going to do for you at the end of this episode for people that aren't on Patreon, we're just going to give you a little bit of a sample of what we did in in our current set list draft. And I'm sure at this point on Wednesday, you'll be seeing all of the spots to vote on social media and and we'll get another winner in that way but just want to give you about you know three picks or so where you can see what the draft is like and if that's something that interests you please get in touch with us and we're always looking for more people to be involved with this big project that we're very proud of yeah it's a lot of fun i mean we we released the very first one we did back in december on I think it was on the main platform, so you can it was, go back yeah. and check that out if you want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and we we got big plans for the future. We can go to different eras, like we could draft a a '98 show or a '2003 show or a '2009 show. Like we got we got lots of different ways to to go with this. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when I want to up the set list numbers. I want to do a ballpark show where we get to draft 35 songs instead of 30 songs. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. But anyway, it's all in good fun, and you know, it's just a, a cool little experiment that anybody that's a nerdy Pearl Jam fan would definitely be all over and, and love to dissect and get into. So that's over on Patreon. If you are a part of Patreon, we thank you for continuing to subscribe and be a part of this. What we're doing is... How, how, could, they, how could they be a part of Patreon if they're not? Well, well, there are two ways, and really it's very simple. Either you download the Patreon app, and you sign up that way and just search live on four legs and we pop up because nobody else is going to ever have a name like that. And you can subscribe. There are two different tiers to subscribe to either a $1 bonus, bonus leg tier or the $5 gig leg tier. And the $1 tier gets you pretty much everything with the $5 tier. You'll get an episode that you'll get to choose to come on air. You get priority to pick an episode for us to cover. Uh, you can tell a story like Jason did today, 
or you can come on the episode or yeah, but you know, we, we've got a long backlog. So the, the $5 gigalay people are going to get moved to the front of the line. So that, that's a good deal. And when we say front of the line, sometimes front of the line means 2021 in this case. Yeah, six months from now and as, as, instead of 18 months from now. Yeah. We are trying our best, but we kind of did put ourselves into a hole this year when we wanted to we, – we said we wanted yeah. to cover every single country that Pearl Jam's ever played in. So, you know, yeah. it, it happens, but, you know, we're able to splice them in every now and again. We want to get to the people that are nice enough to – donate to us so everything goes back into you know helping out the show and helping out some charitable causes that we've been working on as well so live on four legs on patreon patreon.com slash live on four legs hit it up today and also you get to be a part of our monthly bootleg giveaway that we're going to give away a bootleg for a random show that we do that we're going to cover on for an episode so if you like bootlegs, if you like Pearl Jam and you want more of it, you like the show. If you're a big fan of the show and you're not on Patreon and you want more of this show and you want more of us talking about just live music and talking about the band, like this is $1 to do all that is a home run. That's absolutely, you know, I, I'm trying not to be biased here, but look. You know, you know what to expect. Everything is on the table. So, yeah. and and like we say, you know, the more people interact with us, and the more people that join, it makes us want to do more and more. Like Setless Draft, we're doing Bridge School, we've done extra episodes, we're doing all kinds of things. So, and we sometimes we put even like little kind of crazy bonus stuff up there, like the Devo episodes. I did. I put up that Mike Watt video for the patrons a couple of months ago. We sometimes Your I'll just, serious I'll just playlist, up little things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just, it's, it, we like to think we're, you know, we, we make it worth uh, $1 a month. So thanks. Absolutely. Thanks definitely to all those people. We appreciate it, especially in, in these times. Yeah. And you know what, like for anybody that's, you know, kind of interested and, and maybe interested in getting a story, look, we've done episodes where people have requested, a show and have told us a really good story and we've saved it and they haven't been patrons. So anybody has a good story or a show that they really want us to cover that they're really looking forward to. You always, always send us an email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. And also if you have that email, uh, take the opportunity to send us your Wrigley stories because we're doing a whole month of nothing but Wrigley shows from 2013 to 2016, 2018. And we're looking for your stories that we're going to share on air. And we're going to do some special episodes for that, have some special guests we're hoping. And, uh, and it's going to be, we want to do it to perfection. So the only way that we can do it to perfection is we get everybody's help. So send us an email. We might have to do a two-parter on those. Might get a Wednesday and Thursday. I was expecting that. Right. I, I was expecting that. So, you know, anything for the Wrigley shows, they're obviously up there in the pantheon of uh, some of the most favorite yeah, shows absolutely. in Pearl Jam lore. So live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know your favorite Wrigley moments, you know, your stories. Everybody has them that went to those shows. So maybe if we, if we ask people to send in their top three moments, like we usually do, maybe we can do like yeah. a crowdsourced moment, like the, the, the moments that, uh, they get the most, uh, people emailing about we'll, we'll give those a little shout out on the show. I, I can dig that. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Anything that gets more participation, I'm in for. 
So, okay, we uh, let's get back into talking a little bit about Mansfield 2008. This was the last show for the 2008 tour, sort of an East Coast swing. I think it was around 13 shows, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they, they did one small private show after this. The night, the right, night it was, yeah, it was a New Beacon York. theater show, which is, right. that's a crazy show, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that we can get into at mm-hmm. some point when we're back on the full right. East Coast bandwagon. But, you know, it was mostly stuff like Florida and uh, Virginia and places like that. So small, small little tour following up on Avocado. They didn't really do too much in 2007. And this is sort of the bridge in between uh, Avocado and Backspacer. And if you remember, we did that Copenhagen show a couple of weeks ago and that was the last we said it was the last show of the era of backspacer this is sort of the last of the era of avocado which i find really interesting and there's a really big talking point somewhere in here we'll get to yeah they always make the last night of these tours special special you know being that it that's a night two you know the night ones that list is great but they always save some things for night two. You always they they like to loosen up and, and get a little crazy on these night twos, especially at the end of the tour. Absolutely. And uh, why don't we get to our story here from Jason? He was nice enough to send us a really good story, and I was you know there there's something in this story that while reading it, I was just like I was crossing my fingers. I was hoping for the best. I was hoping for a really good outcome, and I got it. And I think you all are going to really enjoy this. So. He was nice enough to write into us. He said, first of all, I just want to say that I love the show. I'm a little behind on some, but I will make sure I listen to all eventually. Yeah, we're all behind. It's okay. We all have stuff to do. We get it. It's it's cool. If you're behind, that's fine. If you're listening to this in, in August, that's totally fine. This, this is archival stuff right here. So I'm trying to listen to each show prior to listening to the podcast. As you know, that can take a long time with the length of the concerts. I'm glad to be a Patreon member to help you guys out so you can keep the podcast going. And I upgraded to the gig leg level about a month or so ago. There are a lot more shows to review. So trying to help you out as much as I can. And I'm glad you guys are going to review this June 30th, 2008 Manfield show. You're probably wondering why I chose this show for my Patreon choice. It's not a landmark show like the 2003 Mansfield shows, but it's very special to me for the 2008 tour. There were two shows here in Mansfield, uh, one on the 28th and one on the 30th. I was able to get tickets to both shows for the 20, uh, 28th show. We had four tickets. I went with my brother and a few friends. For those that don't know, Mansfield is a town of Boston, which is, makes it a huge pain in the ass for anyone that lives north in the city to get to. It's an outdoor shed in the middle of a local small community, but the one good thing, at least at the time, was that parking was free and they allowed tailgating, but alcohol was not allowed. However, if you put drinks in a solo cup and were not morons, they will let you drink. So on the 28th was a Saturday, which is a talking point that gets added in later in this show. So it was a long day of tailgating, and I had a lot of fun that night. It was my brother's one and only Pearl Jam show. He's not a big fan, but he knows the hits and had a great time. For the 6.30 show, I only had two tickets, and it was a Monday night right before the 4th of July, so a lot of friends were out of town for vacation. But June 30th was a big day for me because it was my 30th birthday, so I had to get to see Pearl Jam on my birthday, even if I was going alone. 
but no one wants to be alone on their birthday, especially a milestone birthday. I did celebrate with my brother and friends on the 28th, so it's not like I didn't get to celebrate. So as I was looking to find somebody to go with, I posted that I had tickets on the great social media interaction, MySpace. (laughs) If you guys even remember what MySpace is, everybody remembers what MySpace is. But um, Facebook before Facebook, he says, uh, in, in a sense, it was awful. If you're young enough to not know what MySpace is, MySpace was. I think it was good for brutal. music. Like I think a lot of people still banned MySpace. Even yeah. like like it for music. It was very like musician friendly, but yeah, not not much for anything else. I never even had a MySpace account. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty brutal. So uh, anyhow, a friend that I had from work reached out and said she would like to go to the show with me. And we've been friends for about five years at that point as we met at, at work at the financial institution in Boston. We were in the same circle of work friends and spent many Thursday, Friday nights at Boston at, after work at bars, but we never hung out alone. To keep the story short, we had a great time that night and it turned out to be our first date. Now, 12 years later, who knew a Pearl Jam show would lead to me getting married? We got married in 2011, and we'll be celebrating our ninth anniversary in October. We have two awesome but crazy boys that are five and seven, and hopefully sometime soon I'll get to take them, one or both of them, to a Pearl Jam show. So, look at that. Look at that. You know, the... Yeah, it's a great story. It really is. You get to spurn love from, you know, just... Somebody that you kind of know the uh, that's an acquaintance going to a Pearl Jam show with you. And, and here's something that I wonder, you know, for big fans that go to these shows, you're really in your element and you really get to show a side of yourself that you wouldn't necessarily show if you're in public on a regular first date. You know, it's it's an interesting little... I don't want to say experiment, but, you know, to, to get to be around somebody who is absolutely passionate about something so special to them and get to see how they react to it, like, that could really, that could have such an, an impact on somebody, I would think. Yeah, definitely. And, like, you get to let loose a little bit. Like, that's an excuse. You know, it's loud and it's used to, you know... You can sing along and get a little crazy and not have to feel bad about it, not feel like you're causing a scene because there's 15,000, 20,000 other people that are doing the same thing. Sure, yeah. And, you know, you get to – obviously, you know, it's not often that you get to see your favorite band and, and you know, when you're singing along to the songs and, and they speak to you and you get a little – you know, I don't know how Jason was feeling, but, you know, sometimes you get a little emotional, sometimes you get a little excited, and again, you're really in your element. I think that's when my wife and I did our episode uh, about the Boston show, that was her first show, she had mentioned that it was sort of, she understood my life after that. So I, I totally get how somebody would fall in love with a Pearl Jam fan after, you know, going to see them with them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that, that people are passionate about and that kind of, when you're passionate about something, it kind of shows your best self, right? Yeah, exactly. I get that that totally. Thanks again for, uh, Jason. I, he, you know, yeah, definitely just finish off his, uh, his email here. He, he says to us, and this is, you know, just something nice 
to say to somebody, we're not a podcast that really talks about our fans and talks about ourselves a whole lot. So, you know, getting an opportunity to do this is, is kind of cool. And just say to, you know, to say that somebody said this about us makes us feel really good. He says, we've never met in person before, but I feel like I've made a friend as we've chatted so many times on email or over Facebook Messenger, and I got to join one of the fantasy drafts. Additionally, I don't know if you remember, but I shared a Google Drive of my Pearl Jam shows with you back at the beginning of the podcast, and you can use as many as you want, and hopefully you'll be able to use them for your research for your shows, and it makes me feel like him me being him makes me feel like i was a small part of the show by by contributing that so i you know that that's that's really really nice of you to say jason and uh you know we have a lot of fantastic fans that we can now call friends it's been such a seamless transition where people have gotten in touch with us and reached out to us and you know i you know who you are it's you know people people out there that that have you know, been really into the show and, and we've made really good friends that way. And, uh, you know, I, I thank Jason for being a part of this and, you know, no, no contribution goes unnoticed. And, and again, this is just such an awesome community that we get to have something like this. So again, thank you to him and everybody else that's been a part of this whether you're donating or, or you're not, you know, this has been awesome to, to get to know everybody. So yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't have said it any better. Yep. All right. To the show, we open the show with wash and it was cool. So the first night they open up with hard to imagine. And that's, you know, that's a really solid, you know, rare song kind of open and, and kind of sets the mood for the night and wash, does the same exact thing. So you have two in a row that you would think that one of these nights you'd be getting something more common because that's usually what they do on this, you know, on a two night basis. But man, back to back nights, you get some really powerful stuff. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, this version of Wash is fantastic. Like I love when Stone breaks out the acoustic guitar, kind of taking it back to those 91, 92 record store shows you know and it, there, there's actually a video of this one there's there's not video of the whole show but you can check out a video of washing like ed's right from the beginning is emoting and he's doing throwing his hands above his head and doing the waves and like the whole band's into it uh great great version of wash here i love when it starts off a show yeah and it was going through a little bit of a drought at the time 69 shows since it had last been played mm-hmm. before they played it so wash has gone through that. It, it's gone through the motions of, you know, going through these droughts that are 50 and 60 shows or so, and then popping right back in. It seems like for the most part, they can go back into the song and not have any problems at all, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. And this, these two shows, these two nights were the first time that they played Mansfield since the experiment. So maybe that had something to do with it too. They were they kind yeah. of remembered from before, like, hey, uh, you know these these people are used to hearing some rare songs. We can break these out, and it won't be won't be too crazy. The one the one thing about this Wash performance, I, I thought Mike's guitar tone was a little weird. I don't know if you noticed that it sounded a little muffled, he's a very, little distorted. He's very loud in the mix. I think that might have something to do with it too. Yeah, the official like is very mic heavy. He's way louder than everything else. Right, and it doesn't 
it doesn't go that way for most of the set. There were a couple of other songs that sort of popped in. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it was just a certain guitar he was using or something like that. But I, I just Could noticed yeah. I didn't. I didn't love the sound that was coming out of Mike from this, but outside of that, you know, Eddie at the end was, he was doing his, his best to, to bring a song that he never plays and act like he's been playing it every night since 1992. screamy with it like getting down and you know screaming the wash my love part yeah fantastic version of wash good stuff yep so that gets into last exit and they're men they go into this and they are very excited to get into the song because it's a little bit of a false start but man they just keep going and it's like this was meant to happen we talked a couple weeks ago in the berlin episode that there were a couple moments in that show where it just felt they were mistakes, but it felt like they were happy mistakes, that they were happy accidents almost. And this kind of turns into a little bit of a call and response on the fly, which sounded really awesome after they found the energy. tone was was weird at the beginning it was kind of a jangly intro to last exit which was weird but yeah somehow the guitar got off and then they stopped and then ed kind of turned it into something cool like yeah he turned makes make lemonade out of lemons right so again they're they're just adorable when they screw up like you can't be mad at them something like this when you know if you if you start and stop and start up again then it can be a little bit irritating i know they've done that with some songs and they've seemed frustrated but when you hide that and you're just kind of like yeah well we fucked up that's great now now let's rock then cool you know i've absolutely no problem with that and they, they make it fun they make it a part of the show and sometimes those are even the more memorable moments i know a lot of and people you, have yeah exactly that up. and you know they they were laughing about it like no one's gonna get mad and throw their guitar down and walk off stage and be like 
there's not going to be band infighting after like you fucked it up. No, you fucked it up. Like no, right. they they're very they're, easygoing. They're they're, se- they're yeah, they're seasoned. Yeah, it's it's lighthearted. Yeah, it's it's fine. So after last exit, you get a section here in this beginning area of save you severed hand animal MFC great immediate transition between last exit into save you to really it get you pumped up. It gets, gets you the speedsters early on the crowd pumped up from the get go. And it, it reminds me again, we mentioned before that Copenhagen show where all of that first set was just bam, everything moved really fast. I, I think it was very similar to that. And again, the similarities being that this was the last show of the tour. Yeah, and fantastic. I thought Save You was great. The crowd's into it from the beginning with the clapping. Jeff has a really nice little breakdown part. Uh, Severed Hand, I think the only avocado song? That I'm was, yes, that was the point that I was yeah. going to bring yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's a little unique. And already in its already in its spot like number four right right where it should be and a great solo uh animal again the crowd going crazy loving it and mfc is a nice little bonus there from yield early like again mixing up the albums going 10 era vitalogy riot act avocado versus yield like six songs from different albums all from the right at the front i loved it yeah it was a pretty mixed show there i don't think any album really dominated the show but i think with avocado only having one song though that it it is the beginning of the end of the era that's that's how i see this and if you go to the night before the first night there were only two songs played comatose and come back so Mm -hmm. that's really you know even the 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 shows that we've covered the other shows that happened before this night we covered all three of them the the two msg ones and the Hartford show, and most, I think, they all hit five. I, I was at one of those shows, and I'm pretty sure that they hit at least five. Yeah, think about that, too. How weird would it be when they come back if they only do one or two gigaton songs? Like, if they get to Los Angeles or Oakland or New York. Like, yeah, how, that would be so strange, I think. Yeah, I think they're so ready to play Gigaton that, yeah. again, yeah. If it would not surprise me at all if they did a full album every night. I know I've mentioned that, but... Yeah, it, I think it, I think you could be onto something there. I would, that wouldn't surprise me at all, yeah. Right, just to, you know, to give something back to the fans and say, you know what, you've been listening to this album for a full year. Or even do it in, like, do it in reverse order. Start with River Cross opening and go, go in reverse. Oh, you're taking a little bit of a play out of a, a certain playbook there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see later on in this episode when we add in the set list draft. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I don't know if John did that on purpose. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, it's a good time. Good crowd participation on Animal on this. Ed kind of passes the mic to the crowd, lets them sing. It's loud. This was a pretty loud, you know, when when the crowd was doing call and response stuff, the crowd was really into it at the show. And it's really, you know, you say Mansfield, but it's it's a Boston show, so of course it's going to be a hot crowd, and it's a great five song stretch to to start off the show, and and you finish out strong with MFC, a, a song that doesn't really get to be a part of this little section here for the most part, and you know it, it that kind of sets up here where Ed greets the crowd and says we have all the ingredients for a special night tonight, including a few bottles of wine and some great people. Big signs, and I'm wondering if there was a sign in the front that was 
especially obnoxious that Ed was referencing there, but you know, that no idea that there's not a lot of video that's out there on the show. I would guess it would probably be Dirty Frank. That could be the one or Leash or something, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, the regulars. So they said, we got one more show tomorrow, but we're not going to have much left because we're going to spend it all tonight and it's been a small tour they did have to sorry they did have to start the the next night seated they did the first five songs sitting down right right right. i think ed said he had to get like a shot in his ass or something to be able to play (laughs) because he was like feeling a little sick but yeah they they make it through this one they they left it all out they yeah they really did you know the the handful of shows that i've listened to at like the end of this tour they sound like they're they're really leaving everything on the table and this is mm-hmm. you know this is the culmination of all of that so he says been a small tour the crowds have been great but the first time we played here was actually with soundgarden 1992 so that's a little interesting uh tidbit there is that Lollapalooza? great wood center probably yeah it would have been at the same well, no, this is Tweeter Center, so yeah, great. I, th- I think I that's think it is Lollapalooza. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that in August the two venues are the same. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's just different names. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool little tie-in. And, uh, elderly woman comes after that, and again, you know, when you have a crowd like this and they're singing along to the popular songs, they are as prominent and loud as as Ed is. And we get to the final chorus again, like Animal. He just lets the crowd go at it, and. and it's it's a Boston crowd. It's, it's the perfect thing after that fast set to get it to kind of reset and let everybody catch their breath and have have another moment. So again, he's he's the master of of making these set lists and make everything flow. So yeah, this this set list too has a great flow to it. I thought. Yeah, no, I, I agree. This is pretty much standard what you want out of a Pearl Jam set. You have in the beginning, you have a couple that you might not necessarily get out there, and the songs in the middle of the set that we're going to get to in a second aren't necessarily the ones in the middle. So let's kind of break that down. So after elderly woman, you get uh, of the pre even flow spot songs, you get half full, which is basically, you know, Ed just shitting all over George Bush uh, for most of it, you know, don't say George Bush. And again, a little bit like last exit, like it started off a little rough. I think someone was off at the beginning, but they, they picked it up quickly and got right into it. But yeah, half full, one of the most played songs off a ride act. And it's, it's a chance for Mike to let loose at the end. It was great. Yeah. This was another one that I was a little, a little bit bothered by the sound of Mike's guitar. I don't, again, going back to, what was going on in wash. I don't know if it was just the guitar itself, but you know, not to say that the solo wasn't good. The solo was, was excellent. I was just a little, it was a little muffled for me. I don't know if it came off better live than it did on the bootleg. Just curious. Sure it did. And I think, yeah, they, 
it's again it's a it's a fault of the mix i think it, it might have been sure. a little overdriven in the mix and maybe clipping a little bit yeah i can see that yeah for sure after half full this is what i was kind of alluding to here this is not a song that you usually see mid-set like this and it's in that upper tier of the two three four kind of songs and corduroy just plop right in the middle before you get into even flow and you get that little tease pluck right there and Mm -hmm. this is i think when you're out of that first three or four and you don't get a corduroy your mind is thinking okay no corduroy tonight all right i'm i'm cool with that we'll we'll get corduroy the next time but then it pops up mid-set like this, and I think it makes it that much more valuable and that much more exciting to get it there. Yeah, I think that this too, you could call this the McCready section from Half Full through Even Flow. Like he's, it's every song, he's just on fire, just takes it over. Yeah, another great solo. Before the pre-Even Flow spot, we get Ed mentioning that today somebody gave one of the members of the crew a newspaper article although we lost it and it had a five-year-old with a Pearl Jam shirt on it and they wanted to show the picture because he was kind enough to autograph it for him. So interesting. And they said they went from playing little bars, seeing thousands of people out there tailgating. So to get a five-year-old signing his autograph for him. Yeah. And that kid's probably graduating high school right now in his house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and uh, the, the next song was dedicated to him being given a fly, very solid version that continued the very nice momentum that they were on in the main set here. And I think you're kind of alluding to you thought that this was really a Mike section. I, I think this show, Matt was really the standout to me, and especially these cool. yeah. these two in a row. It, I, I thought that Matt was just killer on both given a fly and, and even flow here. Absolutely, yeah. I don't mean I don't mean to underestimate him at all. Yeah, Matt Cameron's and the, and this even flow too. It, this had been the starting in two thousand six, I believe. It was the era of the drum solo. Oh yeah. So we we get a little bit of uh, a little Matt Cameron drum solo trying to keep up with McCready there. <laughs> Thank you. 
think that something like this would wipe him clean. No, not the case. Matt just absolutely finishes off like a monster. Oh, I, I give him full credit, and I know that Ed, every time after playing Even Flow, has to say, like, that's Mike McCready, or that's, that's Matt Cameron, because they just get lost in it. And they just He takes a step back, and he's able to see. He's like, whoa, I'm playing with some real, you know, some players here. Like, I'm on the team. Oh, yeah. think about, think Happy about to be him. on the team, but Absolutely. those are Hall of Famers. Being, just being able to see this, no pun intended, this force of nature, like, bind and, like, we talked about it in that in that Berlin episode where they're just a five-headed monster on stage. Like they can they can break out at any time and just punch you in the face. Like he has he has the best seat in the house for this band. He does mention Matt after the song, and he says that there was an article written in a local paper about him. The article described Matt. They said uh, whose tastefulness is equaled by his sheer muscularity. That's what I always thought, and I always wanted to tell him, but I, I thought it might freak him out a bit, so I never say anything. Fun little, fun little thing over there, and, you know, whenever they get a chance to goof, goof around and, and kind of tease each other. Yeah, they're, they're in good spirits. Moment. You know, it's the end of the tour. They, they got one more show the next day, and then they get to go home, so they're, they're all in a good mood. For sure, yeah. And with a good mood sometimes comes songs that you're not going to hear a lot, and that's where education comes in. time they had ever played it nine times it's been played overall so mansfield is getting a pretty good treat here so we never really talk about it on the show it's it's obviously it's one of those lost dogs that with nine times that they're ever going to play it and the thousand plus shows that that we have to get to that are on our big board we've covered it once before maybe vic theater maybe there was some Mm -hmm. other show somewhere but that means you haven't gotten a chance to talk about it, so what? Like, go ahead. What? What do you? What do you like about the song? Like, wh- where does it stand on on your favorites from the B sides? Yeah, I, I love it. It's 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 one of those that's got a unique kind of mood or a vibe to it. Like just from the beginning when it's that that first note and it does that like yeah yeah. You know, that's it's, a fun little moment. And we just had you know we just had binaural week where. We celebrated Binaural is 20 years old now. And, you know, if you go back and look at what the original track list would have been, you know, Education was going to be last on that album. 
which That's is interesting. Yeah, which just means that they they hold it in a little. They or they held it maybe past tense and in a little bit of a high regard. They were going to give it that spot, but I think it's you know I like the part where it transitions where you know I've been taught from the beginning. You know, I like the vocal melody. I like the way it. It's just one of those kind of. It's one of those weird kind of songs, man, and those, those always appeal to me. It almost it fits in that vibe with like Strangest Tribe and even like we talked about with Buckle Up off the new record and like some of their weirder kind of songs like like an evacuation or something that, that has three bridges or but yeah, I like it when they go a little a little off the beaten path and and try to and try something a little different and education is one you know i, I wish they would I would, again you know i wish they would play it more i haven't seen it in my shows so hopefully one day yeah i i i got it at a pj20 and i don't yeah. think i appreciated it as much at the time as i would today and you know what you said is exactly right it's a cool little song it's got a very unique melody and and style to it and you know it's I can't put my finger on it. It's not like Middle Eastern sounding, but it's definitely like like Eastern European. A little bit, a little bit. It's got a little bit of that kind of like you could you could picture there being like a sitar or yeah, like yeah. something like that on there. Yeah, and and again, boom. You hear boom on this version playing the little keyboards. It's very nice. Yeah, um, yeah, a great version of Education. I thought for something they don't play very often, they 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 got through it pretty well. Yeah, for sure. No, this was this was a good moment for for the crowd in Mansfield. I think a lot of people are going to be taking this home. But education followed by Satan's bed and whipping. Like this is the Vitalogy section and two songs from Vitalogy that you're not going to hear every single night. And and to really end the set, you're getting uh, glorified G there too. That's another one almost never played. So this is this right here yeah. is their sort of you know we're going to bust everything out just because this is the last night of the tour. So let's, let's do it. Let's, let's enjoy it. And, uh, you know, Satan's bed, I think you say all the time, it's never played to 100% of your liking. So I'm, I'm curious. Well, not my liking, but I, I, I like it. It's, it's not a personal thing. It's just, they, they're, you're not going to get the tight album version that you got, you know, early on, you know, like Atlanta 94 or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I thought they they got through it pretty well. You know, they they didn't have to stop and start, which we we couldn't say with last exit and and half full. So yeah, I give them credit; they they got through it. Yeah, uh, that into whipping again. The yeah. little vitality yeah. section fits fits the mold of the set quite quite fine. So not much not much more to say about those. And now we get to a part I kind of teased it before, uh, <laughs> Ed mentioning that there was a night one show. And he keeps saying Sunday and he's like, Oh, on Sunday, on Sunday, on Sunday. And you can he audibly hear the crowd keep saying Saturday is Saturday. There's an audible, like this crowd is going to mutiny and, like, <laughs> over a day. They were upset. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this is Boston. We're talking about that. Like, yeah. I know we have fans from Boston, but they, they're very like with their whole community. If you don't get something right, if if you don't know who the Red Sox third baseman is, they'll, they'll get on you. You'll hear about it. You know, like yeah, no, always. I, this and I, I didn't catch it at first because I get the night thing. Had I didn't either. Yeah. Why are they? Why are they yelling at him? Like, what is happening? Like, did someone get on stage? Is some like? But 
Yeah, he just it he was just, just over him. a day. <laughs> uh, and and Ed Ed gives it right back it to him. right now when we're recording this. I've been in my oh, house no. for over two months. I don't know what day it is. This could be could give the man a break. This could be Christmas for all I know. It's just yeah, exactly right now. Don't even don't even start with that. But um, it's funny because Ed, Ed gives them shit afterwards, and Ed can dish it right back. And he's like, "Oh, give me a fucking break. It's just great to be here in Rhode Island." And of course, that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna rile him up a little bit. So yeah, you know, yeah. oh yeah, don't don't troll Eddie because he will get you back. Oh yeah, he is, he's 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 the master. Right, and he mentioned something after that about how Marines were trying to recruit at the show, and that's not something I've ever seen at the Pearl Jam show before, and I'm sure that they didn't really appreciate it. They they made a, a point to make sure that they weren't doing it at this show. So Yeah, he makes an interesting point about it where it's like, you know, we don't have anything necessarily against the Marines, but don't like these are our people like right don't try to put them yeah don't don't try to don't try to take our people right right you know i I thought that was that was a that was a nice way to put it i thought i appreciated that he said that's a that's a unique way to think about it that i thought that was great from the way he phrased it there way he thought about it yeah he he uses the phrase they're trying to get you to bite into a poison apple Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah yeah that's that's cool how he's thinking about it like that and he's seeing the fans are sort of theirs and, you know, obviously it's a little more nuanced than like, you know, the, you know, obviously the Iraq war and all that stuff was still very fresh in our minds and it's better than being like, well, fuck that, you know, it, right. You know, that's that necessarily, that probably wouldn't have gotten a, as good a reaction, but the way he phrased it, you're like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. These are, these are the people like, don't, these are the smart, cool Pearl Jam people. Like don't, don't mess with them. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that that comment it shows could, the respect they have for their fans. Right, it, it's sort of a bipartisan comment too, because yeah. you know if you're on either side of the fence, you can be like, oh, well, they care about my well being. Great, I I love them too, and I care about their well being. So, right, you know, right. every everybody wins in that occasion. So we get to the end of the set here, glorified G and do the evolution. Um, Glorified G doesn't sound as bad as the last time we covered it. Yeah, the, it it picked up at the end. I thought it, it again. It it got to somewhere really nice at the end. I thought the ending part was great, but yeah, it's again the beginning, like the main part of the song is just it's just not it's something tough. that resonates with me. Yeah, it's a tough song to nail, especially nowadays. Again, you're getting one that they don't bust out on tour very often, and but it, it fits in with the theme of the you know the Marines, of and course. The, being that, I think that's probably. Why they tied it in? Could have been an army reserve there. I don't know sure. if that's too on the nose, sure. but you know, Probably. throwing another Probably. avocado. Yeah. But evolution ends the main set. It felt like Ed was having a little bit of a tough time on it. Did you, did you notice that at all? Well, yeah, I think it and too. Like I, you know, I read in the in the PJ twenty book about the next night. I talked about they had to sit down and like. I think he was again. This has been it's it's almost not been the around the world theme this year. It's been the Eddie's been sick at every show theme. But I think <laughs> he maybe was was feeling a little a little down at the show. Maybe having a hard time after getting through Satan's bed, whipping and glorified G. That that's that's hard on the vocals. That's a tough so I, one. I can see where he would uh, he would be pushing it a little bit at the end here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? For and the, maybe why the encores are a little a little softer than normal. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. That was one thing in looking and listening to the set that I was thinking, I'm like, the encores, they're not 
I don't totally love the encores. I like them, but I feel like they're they were missing one or two songs from being great. Yeah, I think you you Let's would. Throw that I think there. it'd be interesting to see. Go back and look at the set list to see if anything was crossed off because I can see there maybe being a breath or maybe being you know black or something or right. another another big crowd moment that it might have been missing. But yeah, I mean, the man's you know at this point he's he's over forty, so we'll give him we'll give him a break. At that point, man, he was in his forties. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Even just yeah. realize that, that they were in their forties at that point. That feels yep. like. Yep. Not long ago at all. So uh, uh, here we are in the encore now, and Ed comes out and he's he's singing a little bit as as he's coming back out on stage, which is you know shows he's in a good mood and shows. Did you think that. it was? It sounded like Ark. Was it a little little tease of Ark? Maybe a little throwback to the the experiment. It sounded a little bit like like the beginning of of the Ark loop. You may be onto something. Uh, I don't know this for sure, but. Maybe Ark was the last the last time they played Ark was one of those Manfield shows. I believe it was, yeah. So it could be a little throwback. It could just be Eddie, you know, just high high off of 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 the wine yeah. and yeah. I mean, it's something that probably something he goes back to a lot, you know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but they were, you know, he mentions they were talking in the back about breaking the curfew and mentions it's not about money because Mike volunteered to pay the fine for this one because he's the wealthiest guy in the band. Uh, he gets paid by the note, which... That was smart on his part. Yes, To yes. negotiate that in the contract. Well mm-hmm. done, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's why they play even flow every night. We figured it out. Hey, there we go. Yep, that's that's why you get even flow. That's why you get alive. That's why you get corduroy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, makes a lot of sense now. So, and then he mentions that maybe the next time uh, if they get kicked out of here, they'll have to go play Fenway. So it took took them <laughs> eight years, but yeah. they finally yeah. got there. They, that's it's funny that in two thousand and eight that that was on their minds, and yeah. you know. It, it was more than worth the wait because we're sitting here in 2020 and the last show that they've played as a full band has been Fenway Park. That's right. <laughs> I still think about that sometimes and I just don't think that that's right. I don't think it's correct information. 18 months ago. Is. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So, you know, just waiting is the hardest part. Tom Petty said it the best. So yeah, every day uh, that goes by, we're in the longest drought between Pearl Jam shows now. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So we start off the encore. We get B Girl, which is incredibly rare for the time. Eighty-one shows that it had a little bit of a layoff there, and it's just Ed and Jeff with an acoustic on stage. Only the ninth time they'd ever played it at the time, and and now I think they're on like ver, you know, twenty-two, twenty-five. So it's. One of the rare oh, ones. I've seen it twice, so yeah, I can't. Right, it pops <laughs> you know, up. Yeah, it's it's around. Yeah. So you know, it, it's look. I, I I feel like we've covered B girl enough. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, it's, it's just a little. It's just a little two minute thing. You know. Right. Jeff and Ed get to come out by themselves. Get to sit down. Jeff gets to play guitar. Something a little cool for the crowd. Yeah, it's a cool moment. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's nothing, nothing too crazy, and you know, and for the longtime fans that are looking for different stuff, Definitely. it's one to knock off uh, off their list. So you know, just nice, nice little moment for the encore. Yeah, a little end of the tour treat, absolutely. Of course, and here's one that you would think in most cases would be rare, but 
who you are in 2008 was making a little bit of a resurgence, which is kind of crazy. Out of the 13 shows, it was played seven times. And, you know, it's 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 just funny. Like, so, sometimes they just kind of get into a rhythm with the song, and, and they like how they're playing it, and they, they feel it, and they're like, you know what? We haven't done this in a real long time. Let's just keep doing it. You know? And, yeah, I want to think this, this was I want to think story. this is Cameron's doing, because... You think about, too, like, if you guys have ever been in a band, you know, the, the drummer is a huge part of it, you know. And even going back to 98 and we talked about those shows, like, the set list were kind of based around what he could learn in a short amount of time. I think what happens, and this is just me hypothesizing, but... No, I'm, I, I'm, they, I know where you're going with this, and I think I'm on when the same they page. Do, when they do tour rehearsals, I think Matt is the one who leads it and is like, they're like, Ed maybe come in and like, hey, I want to do this one, this one, this one. And Matt goes okay, I can I can do this one and this one, and we need to practice this one. And I think sometimes he – I think this is this is Cameron going like, hey, guys, who you are? Like, I think I got something worked out for that. Let's give it a shot. So I think that, I think they liked it, and I think it, it got played a lot this year. I think that's probably why I'll give I'll – give, I'm going to say Cameron was the, the uh, impetus behind that. I can see that. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm in on he, that theory all the way. He starts it off. It's a really cool little drum thing he's doing. It's not exactly the, the same thing that Jack does on the album, but it, it fits in nicely. It's really cool. It's funny because, you know, that going back to those MSG shows, those are the ones that stick out in my mind, obviously, but they don't intro with that that drum section. They mm-hmm. intro right away into the bam, 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 like that, yeah. you know, so. It, and the only no code song, I believe, right, too. That's, that would be it, yeah. Yeah. So, again, mixing in a lot of different ones, you're only getting one from the most recent record, so with that. Everything else that's thrown in is 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 a big jumble. I, what Ten and Vitalogy both have five songs in the oh, show, okay. and yeah, right, right. Lost Dogs with four verses and Yield wow. both with three. So I thought no no binaural because you know obviously no binaural, yeah. but uh, well, ed- education education, education kind of counts. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Same era, yeah, of course. But yeah, no, I thought Who You Are was great. It kind of fit yeah. with this you know the slow burn kind of section and and they aren't you know going back to sort of what i was saying what they were missing in this encore is that most of these songs were more of the mid-tempo paced and you know you get better man after who you are and and it's tough to say that better man is a really mid-tempo song because they get 
really, really into it at the end, but it still sort of has that feel that it just kind of builds to it. It's not like yeah, it's, it's not a, a fast song like a state. Right. It's not a go. It's right. not any of those. So when you see that, you feel like it's a part, more of a part of the the slower section than it is the faster one. But really, this version was yeah. very, very good because the crowd, yeah, the crowd was makes really it hot on it. Yeah, there's. I was I was waiting for the big long save it for later, but instead he does a really good call and response, and the crowd is on top of it, like they are hitting every every little pitch on the uh, on his on his a little vocal improv there. So yeah, fantastic version of Better Man. That's all got to be feel from him, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's thinking save it for later, but he's probably on a high with the crowd, and he's like, okay. You show me what you got right here because and it could I'm, be trying to rest I'm enjoying your too, show. You know, save it, save it for later. It gets it's a little wordier, it's a little tougher on the vocals. So maybe just doing a little little bits of piece in there give him a chance to rest. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the end of the show here. Two songs left in the first encore, then five for the second. It's they're they're short encores, you know, so to speak. Within you know, comparing it to other encores, either in this time period or afterwards, it's only a twenty six song show. Yeah, so it's not yeah. a whole lot. But uh, you know, they, I think they do make the best of their situation. I would have liked one more of those fast songs, but they go. And this is this would be the spot for it right here. This was a little. From Better Man into Garden, I feel like they should have went Better Man into State of Love and Trust, Better Man into a go, something that's more... Yeah, that's, that's, again, I think I'd have to go... I wish we could... We'll have to go back and see if there's an actual handwritten set list that we can look at, because it'd be interesting to see if there was anything uh, marked off there. But the, the interesting thing that comes to my mind when I think Garden in this era was that that MSG show was the first time they had played Garden in 50 shows, and they played it again at the Hartford show. So this is three out of four nights. So this might be another one, you know, maybe on the same plane as who you are, where either yeah. Cameron or somebody in yeah. the band is saying, hey, that version we did the other night, let's keep that momentum going. We were and feeling they were, it. And they were warm on it. So, you know, they 
they felt like they could get through it and felt like it was good. So yeah, keep going with it. You know, it's just like playing sports, you know, you get, somebody gets hot, keep feeding them the ball, man. Exactly. You know, if if it's working, keep playing it. For sure. And again, Matt is the MVP for me on this show. It's the drum section in this and how heavy, Mm -hmm. heavy sounding it is. The really bassy toms. Oh man. It's turned into like, this is almost the most headbanging Pearl Jam song, you know, when the, the way they play the end now, you can you can really get into like a good headbang. There. It's, it's not that version that they did a couple of years before this where it was kind of like very Phantom of the Opry. Where, yeah, when they changed it up a little bit. Yeah, but it still it, it takes the elements of that and, and still uses it for, for a version like this, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So your penultimate song is a song from 10, and you're closing the encore with the song from 10 as well with why go and Mike is doing some really, really cool stuff off this intro. We talked about it in, you know, evolution episodes and some past episodes, maybe even last week with Prague, we mentioned it a little bit of the Mike laser sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. Get a little bit of that here. And again, lots of crowd participation band is at full energy closing out the first encore. Yeah. The and- thing with, with why go it was too. It was, it seemed like, we mentioned the mic's really loud in the mix. It's almost like Jeff is not very loud in this mix. It's yeah, I don't know I if it was Jeff something on this. their side of the stage, whereas something with the amps, or like you said, something with the guitars. But I, I really missed. You don't get a full thick Jeff sound in this mix for some reason. Yeah, I think Wygo was missing that a little bit. I'm, but I'm sure you know if you were if you were, if we were there, it sounded great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, just didn't translate as well to the bootleg mix for some reason. For sure, and I think that when you think of why go, that's that's that is a Jeff song that you want Jeff to be the most prominent person on in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. But look, this is. Um, I think why go in in this time period too? Maybe another that sort of making, if not a comeback, then this was the first time that it was used as a as a more common song where they went for resurgence, right. They went for such a layoff from, you know, 96 or 95 till, you know, well, the Mansfield 2003 shows, I believe was the Mm -hmm. first time they brought it back. And I, you know, now it's a completely common song. You're going to get this song one out of every two or three shows. So I, I want to say that this tour might've been the beginning of that now obviously why go is very much a standard part of the set oh yeah this era is a lot of be- the beginning of what they would do for the next decade like sure. the beginning of kind of the modern era from the avocado tour absolutely yeah we uh we hop in encore too a little bit and ed 
is on stage by himself and says we're proud of ourselves for sticking through it as a band through all these years and couldn't have done it without the help from everybody and when times get tough to have this many people out here to play twice this summer is a phenomenal feeling and it's the last fucking summer of george bush so it's just gonna get better you know what i'd like it to be the last fucking summer of here (laughs) anyway moving on uh we've we've been like we talked about before it's 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 so quaint to think about like george w bush like we had it so good back then (laughs) yeah we really did but we really didn't (laughs) uh yeah he talks a little bit about the iraq war here and uh, he talks a little bit about thomas young who if you're unfamiliar with thomas young he was a uh, iraqi veteran that was paralyzed uh in, in the war and very outspoken about you know how he was treated and and how you know he was against the war the big part of this story was that um thomas young was set to introduce obama at a rally in kansas city but he got really sick during this time period and he was in the icu for a while so he was unfortunately able he wasn't able to to introduce him i don't remember if he ever got a chance to but i wouldn't be surprised if he did i it's not coming to my mind. Yeah, right he now, lived. But... He lived until 2014, so he made it through. Yeah, almost all the the Obama years. So I wouldn't be surprised. Right. right. Yeah. No, he did a lot of he did a lot of activism stuff. He was he was really he was really vital to that. So no more yeah. was look uh, 2008 era. They were doing this a lot because it was the end of the Bush administration, and I think that was really on their minds at the time. And again, you know, his relationship with Thomas Young kind of ties into where the song fit in within the live uh, catalog of Pearl Jam. Yeah, and this is kind of a unique song. Like, it's on the, it was kind of the bonus record that came with the end of the wild thing, the 10 Club version. You had No More and then No More Live on there. So technically it's an Ed Solo song. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like, it's a kind of a folk protest song in the, in the lineage of like Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie. Yeah, I was going to say like Woody early, Guthrie, sure. Early Bob Dylan, like stuff like that. It, it fits in with that. It was just not something they do very often. So, yeah, actually, I don't I, I don't mind at all. I mean, it, you know, it sounds a little dated at this point to go back and, and think about it, you know, 12, 13 years later. But, you know, for the time, like, yeah, it's, uh, I absolutely love it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great tune. And, like, I like the way it goes off at the end. And, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I think one of the, you know, very small things that soured me about the song was that in my first two shows, I saw it in the same spot. And I was just mm-hmm. like, eh, I didn't well, want that solo, That's Eddie. on you. That's, that's not on me. That's not, yeah, that's no, not again, on them it's, either. It's, it's, it, it's, it's something that it's, it's going to be retired at this point. You're, you're not going to get no more. No, I know. And it's it's I, had its moment, and it's it's done. I've come to appreciate it a little more because yeah. of that. But, you know, that stuck in my in my mind for for a while that it was sort of not a song that I I favored for a little bit. But anyway, carrying on, we get the Mama Son, but it is in very much a scrambled order here. You it's start like they, with yeah, they put it on shuffle. They put the cassette tape on shuffle. Right. You start it. that's what that's what I have. Yeah. You start with once into footsteps, then alive. So you kind of start in the middle and then finish off in the beginning. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I think I feel like it's the best way at the end of the set to do this because you don't out- outside of no more. I don't think you want to go into a slower song or the same 
kind of pacing with footsteps. You you want to get the crowd back into it. Then you can go into footsteps and then alive. It's it's just it would be weird if they did the Mamasan at the end of a set like this where footsteps ends it and alive into once is just it's it's not it's not the same yeah. as it was in ninety two, you know? Yeah, this is almost like the it's almost like the live you know, redux of it. Like we had right. the, the ten redux came out in, in twenty eleven. This is almost like if they were gonna do a, a Mamasan redux live, this would be the order. Yeah. Even, look, I I could take footsteps as a closer. I think it could work. Sure. Sure. You know, I, I think it has that same sort of ideal as indifference a little bit where you can turn the house lights up and and you can get a little bit of harmonica. We go back to the crowd on this. The crowd is singing over the harmonica part right. where like they're they're like, no, this is the part where you sing. And he's right. trying to play the harmonica part. And uh, yeah, just again, just great stuff from the crowd. Like I'm sure they, they appreciated that. But yeah, love, love footsteps. You get a little piano tinkling from Boom again. We mentioned it in education. Comes back a little bit here on uh, on footsteps. So that was nice. Boom didn't have too many moments on this show, but yeah, footsteps was one of the better yeah. Boom moments. And uh, if you finish off the the Mamasan with Alive a little bit, and you know it felt a little a little sluggish for Alive on on a very fast show, but you know what? It's it it's Alive, and you still get that euphoric fan moment for the end of the set and it, it still works and you know to yeah, and again mccready takes over at the end and he's he's getting paid by the notes so he's gonna just cram as many in there as he can for sure for sure and i think you got to think in your heads once a live hits or even once footsteps hits hey this is towards the end of the show are we getting kind of a mamas on here or is or is this something that maybe because it's not played in order it's not even popping up in people's heads yeah, it, it didn't even, I was listening to it, it didn't even occur to me until a live started and I looked at it. I was like, oh, hey, it's right. those three songs. Right. And the, they, they don't make a mention of it or anything. So I think it's just something he kind of snuck in there to kind of be a little sly and sneaky. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I probably would have been the same way if we didn't just cover a show that did the full Mama Son. So mm-hmm. it w- it was pretty sneaky for sure, but especially yeah, but it's a cool little nod was. to their history. You know, he, he mentioned 92, so... Yeah, they they always kind of like to uh, like to throw in those little tie-ins to the early days at these shows, for sure. So we invite Ted Leo and the Pharmacists onto the stage. Finally. Not a band I really care for oh, at all. That that's your mistake. Ted Leo and the Pharmacists are great. I can disagree with that because <laughs> I've seen them open for a couple different bands, and I was just not into it. Just not for me. I, well, I think they're fantastic, and I I have all the records. I helped kickstart his latest album, his solo record, The Hanged Man. I think it's fantastic. He's he's a great guitar player, great singer. His band, he had, you know, they were kind of DC based. He had some awesome people in his band, and I thought they were great. They're all their records are great. Go check them out if you're interested. I think they were touring Shake the Sheets at this point, which is uh, one of my favorites, but. Yeah, I absolutely love this. I would have been going crazy if I'd like. I wish they'd played Atlanta on this tour because I would have loved to see Ted Leo open for Pearl Jam. That's that's so cool. Yeah, he gets a little part in this where he gets to sing yeah, a little bit of rock. Little bit. And, yeah, fantastic. You know, Different. yeah, it was it was a nice moment. Sure. To go the night with a baby in a hand, they're in old street life. 
you Ted Leo, his music is probably best experienced in a small club somewhere. Like, right. At the times I've seen him, it's been in 300 to 500, you know, person rooms, not in 15,000, you know, seat arena or something. Uh, probably, sure. I can see where it wouldn't translate as well live, but still, I, I love his songs. I think he's amazing. I have to bring this up. We're at the end of the set here, and we, I think, in that, again, third mention of that Copenhagen show, where we talked about how it's kind of impossible to not end a show with Ledbetter that's ending a full tour, but mm-hmm. here we are. This might have been the last time yeah. that a tour happened and, and you didn't end with Ledbetter, but like, is it one and the same if you're ending with Rockin', or do you really do you feel like you it's need Ledbetter for the end? Second. I think I don't think you I don't think you ever need anything. I mean, it's up to them to play what they want to play, but but I think, it's, you know, it's rockin', last tour last right there. Yeah, it's right there and behind Ledbetter as as one that they can. And you know, it might just have been they you know they wanted to bring Ted Leo out and. You know, they he might have not been feeling great. They might have cut it. You know, again, if we look at the original set list, it might have been on there. They might have cut it off. You know, the, it was kind of crazy. They didn't something with the curfew. Like, you know, they this is this is a twenty song, twenty six songs, but it's a long show. They yeah, they didn't do it night one. So that's you know, to me, when you're doing back to back shows, especially you go back to the Mansfield show yeah. from two thousand three, where nobody would leave until they would play exactly. Ledbetter. You know. Yeah. Throw back to that. They got it. They got it twice back then. They don't need it. Eh, that's that's a fair <laughs> point. But you know, they're all. It's it's always on their minds that you know. Either you can yeah. go either one of two ways. You can either pay homage to something and do it again, where you feel something from a certain building. We've said with Madison Square Garden before. They'll usually play Breath in Madison Square Garden. Uh, or it'll be the opposite where they know, okay, we did lead better in Mansfield last time. Let's change it up. Let's make the, let's get the same crowd. That was probably it there for that show. Let's get them a couple different songs. So it could have been, it could have been that, but, uh, yeah, I can see either way. Sure. Yeah. End of the, end of the set. That's it. It's, uh, now we, we get to pick some songs and pick our favorite moments. You already spoiled yours. So what are your other, what are your other two? Yeah, so I'm gonna do something I don't think I've ever done with the with the three moments. I'm gonna pick the well, you know, who you are is my number one, one of the best versions I've ever heard, not from '96, which is which is saying something. And uh, but I'm gonna go with the bookends. I'm gonna go with Wash and Rockin' in the Free World. Cool. I thought Wash was a great opener, little acoustic stone intro, and then uh, Ted Leo and the Pharmacist coming out for Rockin' in the Free World. Ted Leo gets to take a verse there. Uh, that was a nice surprise for me. I thought it was a, a great way to end it. You get a little the little free speech chant at the end of Rockin' in the Free World. I thought it was yeah, I thought it was great. So those are those are my three. The first song, the last song, and the only no code song. Yeah, I think I think here I liked most of the stuff that you were able to hear the crowd. I really liked elderly woman from the show. Um Garden might be my favorite moment from the show just because Matt was just a freaking machine on it. And, you know, Even Flow is another one where both Matt and Mike were were absolutely on fire. I have to give a right. little bit of a nod to that. But also the, you know, the false start on Last Exit and then turning it into something that you don't usually get from Last Exit, a little call and response uh, back with the crowd. And that's sort of the the feeder moment into this set where you could say, hey, 
we're bringing in the we're bringing in the crowd to be a part of this as much as we're doing this on stage. It's like everybody is here performing together. So I I gotta give a little nod to that. So I know I mentioned like two or three things in there. I would say I would say Elderly Woman and Last Eggs in Garden would be the three yeah, right. out of the bunch. So um sure. all right. Rating time. Yeah. Um I really like this set. You know, I thought it like I said, it flowed really well. Everybody everybody had good moments. You know, the the mix in the bootleg might not have been perfect, but that really didn't take me out of it. I, I was able to appreciate it. Um, great versions of some songs. Who You Are, Better Man. Like you said, even flow with the drum solo, Small Town. The the first four or five, you get that run with Wash, Last Exit, Save You, Severed Hand Animal. I thought was fantastic. I'm going to give this a nine. Whoa. Oh, that's that's a big rating. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I I, I enjoyed the show. I, I don't see this as being an upper echelon show like that. Um, I you know I I think that the encores, in a sense, were lacking a little bit for me because you want a little bit more of the meat and potatoes. And and going back and looking at that first set, a couple of those songs that we mentioned that could have worked in a spot where garden was in or, you know, in addition to garden were played. So you take a couple of songs off the table that way, but I don't know. It it was, the main set was, was curated good. And, and the, they they were great. And, you know, I I just, I don't think that this was one that's going to really stand out in my mind when I, when I think about shows in the future. Uh, It's so are you going to break protocol and give it like a three? No, 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 no. Nothing (laughs) ever gets a three. No, it's not awful. I think it's like, I think it's like a 6.5 to me. I don't think it's that. Look, I, you know, it's in that good territory and, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I don't have a lot of things that I'm gonna little, really take away from got it. That all the are Mama San there at the end. Yeah, but oh, Mama no San to me, I don't. That I don't who know. You it's... are Better Man Garden Stretch is great. Yeah, I, I, like Education, Satan's Bed. It's Ooh, it's six all and a half is rough. Six and a half. It's is all rough. yeah, it's all fine, but I don't know. It's it's I don't know. There was something there was something a little bit missing for me. It didn't feel it didn't feel as big as I as I thought it would have. And well, you you haven't convinced me. I'm sticking with a nine. That's fine. No, that, that's fine. And you haven't convinced me. I'm sticking with a six and a half. <laughs> so there we are on the same page as we're not on the same page. Uh, all right. We're at the you end just, of the show. Just dock points for Ted Leo. If Ted Leo hadn't been on there, you probably would have given him like a seven and a half. You might be right about that. But uh, see, I can't I can't can't go with that. That, you, that bumped it you up. You added for me points. I was, yeah, was going to say, you, that rocking in the free world was one of your moments. So That's right. All right. We're going to be back at it next week with Marseille, France from 2006. We haven't done a lot of the 2006 European tour yet, and this will be a nice little addition. We're going to have a, a great guest who's been on the show before, Steve Maytan, who's talked about his experiences and possibly going to get Matt back on the show at this point. Yeah, Steve, who the hell he was knows? on really early on, but he hasn't been on in a while, so that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're gonna, we're going to do something really interesting. So uh, we're going to do Marseille next week, and then the week after the, that is going to be Burn Switzerland from the same year, and they were back to back 
days. And Steve was at both shows, so wanted to get from him his full experience and kind of talking about what he was expecting going into the second night. And, you know, he went to two other shows on that tour, I believe Bologna and uh, uh, Paris. And, you know, he'll talk about the whole tour experience. And I think we'll get a lot of really good uh, info from him and, and really good experiences and memories from that. So that should be really yeah, enjoyable. Be You're getting Dirty Frank, so... <laughs> There you go. Put the sign downs. We see you. Put the signs down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every every now and again we throw you a bone. But um anything else? Anything else we got for them? You know, keep uh keep interacting with us on social media, keep uh sending in your emails and anybody that's interested in our Patreon, we're gonna right at the end here throw in a little bit of uh this week's set list draft that we did. So we'll throw in the first three picks to just show you what a set list draft is like and sort of the madness, so to speak, of what the set list draft can become. So a little bit of preview for that, and if you like that and want some more, head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs. But besides that, John, any final words? Uh, stay safe, everybody. Again, like, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you next week. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. For John and Randy, and thank you again to Jason Corbin for pitching the show to us and for a long, healthy relationship and marriage that came out of this show. We're very happy to have shared his story today. So from Mansfield 2008, on to next week. We will see you then. We'll have to get Jason to tell us what he thought about Ted Leo to break the tie. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. All right. So without further ado, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started here. We did do a uh, little dice rolling earlier, and our order is going to be uh, Randy picking first. Joey picking second, Deborah picking third, and Brian picking fourth. And we're going to snake through, so we'll go in reverse order for the second round and so forth, so on and so forth. So uh, here we go. Without, uh, like I said, without further ado, Randy, what is the number one pick? I think the last two times it's been released. It's are been gonna, released all three times. Yeah. No, no, I'm going in a completely different direction. Um, it's another last song off an album but instead of it being the last song off the first album it's the last song off the most current album we are opening up the show with river cross cool well i will be a mess of tears if that does happen so thank you for that um yeah, that's an interesting choice. Well, we'll see if they if they actually break that out early on. I, I can totally see it. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's just it's it's an emotional way to start the show, and, and really it's kind of an experiment. So let's see okay. let's see where this takes us. All right. So your first gigaton song is off the board early, uh, Joey. That that takes us to you. What are you going? What are, what's your opener? Okay, so didn't expect I would have this opportunity. I had a wide range of openers on my list here, one of which was Rivercross. So thank you, Randy, for guiding me in one direction. So I'm going to be the one who chooses release just because it's my favorite Pearl Jam song of all time, period. All right. So why not? And, and uh, obviously we're going for emotional openers, and um, you know, it's, it's easy to go in that direction at least. So why not? Now, I, sh- I should mention too, so release is off the board. 
I should mention too, I don't think I mentioned this up front. Uh, Alive is still communal for everyone. So, but black is not. So if someone takes black, it is off the board. But if someone takes Alive, it's still open for everyone to choose. Uh, Deborah, what is, what is going to be your opening song? Well, whether it makes sense or not, I'm picking Corduroy. All right. Going with the fast, fast and Furious. Did you just say that doesn't make sense? <laughs> I said it never doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Corduroy can literally be anywhere and still be amazing. Brian, you chose the last pick of the first round. How 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 did these three play out? Is is your song that you were hoping for still out there? Uh, yeah, my song's here. It's kind of uh, hasn't been played in a long time to open a show, but it's something that I think I've only heard it one time, and it was not as an opener. But that song is of the girl. Ooh. All right, then you have the first pick of the second round as well. So, of the girl into. Uh, I'm going to take that into oceans. Nice. Never thought about that transition before. That's pretty good. Now, you're going with all O songs so far. Does that mean Olay is going to be your next one? <laughs> Might be. Off, okay. off he okay. goes once. Yeah, I understand. All right, so Take back it while to, it's there. Back, back to Deborah coming off of Corduroy. Do we slow um, it down after that, or are we keeping the, the fuck? Fast fuck no, I'm not slowing down. Um, <laughs> Super Blood Wolf Moon would be number Ooh. two. I got to start with Fire, man. All right. Back to Joey. You did go with the slow open with release. So are we gonna are we gonna keep that going, or are we we ramping it up a little bit? Although it would be in late Pearl Jam style to do that, I'm not going to because I am so like the most strongly setless related thing i believe right now is i want them to open this this tour once we all come back with release going into whoever said so i'm choosing whoever mm-hmm. said as my first gigaton song i think that's fairly realistic i can see that happening i'm glad i got that one two punch i was nervous about that all right back back to randy coming off okay. of river cross it, Anything you do after that is going to be going to be a letdown emotionally. You, everyone's in tears in in your audience right now. How well, are you going to How are you going to bring them back? <laughs> what if I just continued putting them to tears? What if What if they What if What if they just wanted to make people cry for the first ten minutes of this show because that's what's going to end up happening? Yeah, I'm going to keep with an emotional open here and I am going to go second song in with Long Road. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that is that is something. And so now you've you've got these two River Cross and Long Road. So you've destroyed everyone emotionally <laughs> in the audience. Now there's I'm just, just gonna a, there's just gonna... a puddle of emotions. On the floor. I'm going to flat out confuse everybody now. This is this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. Why it hasn't been in this like three three song slow burn open, and I kind of equate it to how a present tense is sort of a build, and then it kind of it ramps up, and when it ramps up at the end, it, it can take you in any direction. You can go fast, you can go slow with it, and I think I see this as the same sort of potential it's not played in the opener spots at all 
example. It's more of a mid set, maybe a closer uh, encore song sometimes. But my third song in my set list is going to be Immortality. Hmm. Are we getting a little the little opening there, a little pretty uh, intro no. to it? Okay. No, I th- I think they're going right into it. I think it's just going to surprise everybody. That that would be a surprise. All right. Joey, release and whoever said are we are we going to continue with the album? Or are we going to go in a different direction? Um, I think we're gonna. I think you know I, I'm saving space for myself here, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going fast. Um, but I'm gonna go with the song that I blocked Randy from picking, and I'm gonna pick Sad at number three. Sad at number three. All right, so Deborah Corduroy. And Super Blood Wolf Moon. And I think I'm going to have to go with Smile. That's a powerful early, pick right there. Early Smile. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. See, I told you I'm going to get a lot of those. <laughs> well, didn't I, even think about Smile. It's creative. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's creative for sure. Thank you. So, the, yeah, they could get some switching up instruments early there. I like that. Uh, so, Brian, you've got two. Both of yours started with O. There's still a lot of O songs on the board. So where are we going with your next two? Uh, I'm actually going to switch it up and go with uh, Elderly Woman. It's a crowd as my, pleaser. As my third pick. And uh, as my fourth pick, I'm going to take it into uh, Nothing Man. Mm, nice. Brian, the only one not to take a Gigaton song so far. 